Welcome to episode three of the Lewis Nolan Show on Bay Trust Radio Podcast. It's the perfect place to come to catch up on the guests that were on the show from the previous week. Uh, this week is good. It's a good week. Uh, it was a good show Sunday. Uh, two lovely gentlemen on, Ian Dewar and David Chandler. Uh, David will hear from shortly. He's the man behind the postbox collection. Uh, he took me on a tour of the postboxes in Bear, which was somewhat of a little surprise. Uh, he was promoting his talk at Lancaster Library on Thursday 21st of September uh, so make sure you get down to that if you can and if you're listening after that unfortunately you've missed it uh, but you need to look at Postbox Collection online because he is doing some more uh, it's like a Postbox tour that David's doing we'll hear all about it a little bit later on uh, first up though Ian Dewar who's the chaplain at Royal Lancaster Infirmary he's organising Lancaster Health Festival which is taking place all across the city starting next Thursday the 21st of September runs until Saturday the 23rd so if you're listening to the podcast after that date again unfortunately you've missed it will be taking place again soon uh, make sure you tune into the show over the next few weeks for some interviews from the festival uh, but if you're listening to it before Thursday 21st this is all going to make such sense uh, because Ian talks all about Lancaster Health Festival uh, all about what's going on and what you can expect so without further ado here he is now I want to talk to you about Lancaster Health Festival, uh, which takes place in the city next Thursday the 21st to Saturday the 23rd. It's completely free and will be packed with lots of fun-filled activities for everyone to enjoy. Uh, joining me now to tell us all about it is the organiser himself in the <laughs> studio, Mr Ian Dewar. Hello to much. you. Hello Lewis. What a great build-up that was. Well, there like you go. Celebrity. Have we said uh, all there is to say in the intro there? <laughs> well, there is a lot more to say. There is a lot more to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you are organising, as I mentioned there, the first. Is it the first ever Lancaster Health we Festival? We believe it's the first ever Lancaster Health Festival. There's no record of anybody else ever having organised one. I suspect this could be getting me in trouble. It may be the first it's kind in the kind of northwest or north of England. I've not come across one before, so we're groundbreaking. So where did the idea come from? Well, it's a funny thing, really. I uh, I put on a, a conference last year for faith group leaders in Lancaster to talk about Better Care Together, which is this trust policy of, you know, working with healthcare in the community and so forth. And uh, and we got a good response to that. But I kept, I was pondering a question, thinking, well, yeah, how do we get a message out to people? Do we use social media? We put leaflets out? Do we tell them? You know, what do we do? And then I thought, well, what does Lancaster do really well that I, as a person who was born in Lancaster, am really kind of proud of? That I think he's great. And the answer was the music festival in October. It is, it's a phenomenal event. And I suddenly thought, why can't we have a health festival? Why can't we just pinch that idea, put it in a different format, and let's talk about health and have fun and interesting conversation about health in the way, same way we do about music. Yeah, there's loads going on. Yeah. There is loads going on. I've yeah. seen the timetable. Uh, just tell us about some of the aims of the festival then. What's it, what's it there to do? It's really simple, actually. The aim of the festival is to give people space to have a conversation about health to find out what makes life meaningful for them and therefore what's important to their health and to give them a chance to begin making a change to their own lives and their own communities. So let me give you a really simple example about that. Let's say you come along and you're 65 or 70 and you get a bit, you're getting a bit stiff in your joints. Okay. Well, in Sun Square, we've got yoga. You can come and learn some yoga. So you might say, I'm getting stiff in my joints and leave it there and it gets stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. And, and actually in the end, life gets a bit miserable for you. But if you started yoga, 
you might get a bit more stretchy, a bit more bendy. You might cope with your stiffness a bit more in life and life gets better for you. Another example would be, let's say you're feeling a wee bit down in life. You get stuck in your four walls, or you watch a bit of TV, but you can't do anything. Um, but we've got people in Sun Square, we've got other activities going on at St Thomas's Church with the People's Food Cafe, where you can get out, have a chat, meet somebody and feel better. And instead of getting more and more down and possibly needing your GP because you feel mildly depressed or something, you get out there and you meet people and you take responsibility yourself and you change your own life and you control it yourself. So it's conversations about that, about finding what makes a difference to you, what you can do and actually what makes life meaningful for you. And I've seen the timetable, as I say, and it is packed. There's yeah. stuff going on right across the three days. Uh, what can people expect if they come into Lancaster next Thursday to Saturday? Well, Thursday evening, we've got our first of our um, our death cafes. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I want uh, to that, ask you about yeah, that. Yeah. that. That's in a pub in the Golden Line in Lancaster. It's in the Golden Line for a very specific reason, that the story is in Lancaster, that years ago, if you were sentenced to be hung at the castle, uh, they would then send you up to um, the moors, and that's where the hanging took place as you went up to the moors you walked past the site of the golden lion pub and as you walked past that site you were offered your last pint of beer before you died so there it's a great place to have a death cafe wow. on the friday there's a death cafe at the borough pub in lancaster Dalton square and we have trevor phillips who is now broadcaster uh, former commissioner for race equality under the blair government coming to talk about race, religion and culture in healthcare and he's got some very challenging things to say. Many people may know he did a programme for Channel 4 a couple of years ago where he engaged with Nigel Farage, he talked about the things that um, we've got right in political correctness but also the things we've got wrong so he's a sharp speaker to listen to. Then on the Saturday we're in some square for having fun, we're in St Thomas's for People's Cafe, we've got a dementia cafe in a pub, I, thought, I don't know if that's a first or not, mm. but we're doing that So and more speakers throughout the day. Uh, so you mentioned there you've got the guest speakers. Yeah. That is really good, isn't it, to get these people into Lancaster? They're national figures. I mean, Stephen Phillips is a national figure. Libby Lane, First Church of England uh, female bishop, is a national figure. She's vice chair of trustees of the Children's Society. She's talking about young people and mental health. That's a really sharp issue for us. And then we've got Andy Knox, a local GP, and Dave Hyam, who started a, a recovery programme in Lancaster called The Well. And they're putting into practice what we want. They're people going out there and making that kind of difference. And Elena Semino works at the university. She specialises in language and words. She's done lots of work on the language people use around, around death and dying. So one point, thing she points out is that sometimes people talk about someone with cancer fighting cancer. And she says that can put a lot of pressure on people because when they start losing, do they feel they're letting people down? Now, she's talking about what words you use if you're going to have a big public debate about interesting things or important things like health because too often we slip into just slagging each other off, don't we? Of course, of yeah. course. Uh, so over the course of the three days, there really is sort of something for everyone. Something for everyone, that's right. And it's a suck it and see. Come and try, come and have a go. We've had fantastic local support. We're using great Lancaster landmarks. St Thomas's Church is a landmark, top of Penny Street, big yellow doors, you can't miss it. The Apothecary Pub is well known at the top of Penny Street. The museum was the old town hall, and it's, and it's a lovely Georgian building. We're using part of that for a talk. We're in the Story Institute, which again was part of Lancaster's heyday, industrially speaking. Sun Square, beautiful Georgian Square, you could be on the continent. So we're using all these different areas because they're good and they're healthy and they're well-being places to be. We've even, don't tell it 
do learn. I think we've got Marks and Spencer supplying free cakes for the Dementia Cafe. Have you? Is that an exclusive? Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Yes, I love an exclusive. <laughs> You've got a big story, Lewis. I yeah, do love been. an exclusive. Um, as well as all this fantastic festival that you're organising, uh, your day job is within the Trust. It is. It? Yeah, I am the site chaplain at Lancaster. Um, my responsibility is for the spiritual uh, and pastoral care of patients and of staff. So to juggle that with this festival that you're organising, just how much work is is going in at the moment? Are yeah. you are you actually at home? Well, um, um, yeah, yeah. The 14th of September was my birthday. I was 56, but I don't remember celebrating much because I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just organising. But my family get used to me. I'm always picking projects on. There is a lot of work. I will say we've got some fantastic volunteer chaplains uh, chaplains down at uh, Lancaster, and they picked up uh, a lot of the burden for me. That allows me to do this, and that's what it's about. It's about that kind of partnership because we know health is changing we're moving into the community we're talking about different initiatives and what responsibility we can take and how we look after ourselves and chaplaincy's got to change with that and so we're engaging with that all the time great stuff what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we're going to play a song okay. uh, so you sit tight there I'll, I'll relax, I'll I'll relax. yeah you can chill out for three or four minutes now <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll play a song and then we'll chat more with ian about lancaster health festival 2017 Radio. There we are, we're back on the Lewis Nolan Show on Bay Trust Radio talking Lancaster Health Festival with Ian Dewar. Good, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, wonderful. Now, the festival is focusing on the lost art of living. That's correct. I'm not yeah. wrong yet. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it's really good, isn't it? It's an interesting title. Um, what I think happens is that we get so busy in life or we get stuck in our heads we've lost some of the key skills so the festival is about looking after yourself so i remember growing up in lancaster my granddad came down from scotland uh, settled in lancaster and um, most nights when he got home from work he'd go for a walk with one of his mates and talk and that was relaxing he was out the house he was getting some fresh air he was doing stuff he would walk to work in the morning and walk back home at night time and now we're in cars all the time and we wonder why we have weight problems. You know, we wonder how we have type 2 diabetes because we have loads of sugar and sweets. And what I'm saying is we've lost the ability to do that. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, in Denmark, they have a thing called hygge. I don't know if you come across this. No. Hygge, anything that's hygge is anything that's relaxing. And every day they have it. They might have a hygge moment. So you might go to a hotel and you uh, wander back of the night time, 5 o'clock. And the, I was there recently. I stopped at a hotel. They gave you free drink. I said, it's hygge. I was sit down. And so you sat down for an hour and just talked to your family you were with or anybody else you knew and did nothing. And it was chilling out. Now, that's hygge time. The lost art of living is the lost art of the ability to relax. It's the lost art of the ability to spend time with people you love or your neighbours. It's the lost art of the ability just to walk. It's the lost art of the ability just to get out in town and enjoy the space that we've got. I mean, again, one of the things that struck me in Denmark is the climate is the same as ours, can be just as wet as ours, but they're always outside. Hygge. I'll start a living. I'll start a relaxing. I do like that word. It's a good hygge. It's, it's a, a good word, hygge hour like Denmark's version of happy hour. Is that I where we're well, going wrong yeah. in Britain? Happy <laughs> yeah. hour. We need yeah. more hygge. We need more hygge. Well, a hygge might be in the middle of the day. It's been really intense. You sit down with a cup of tea and just say, actually, mate, I'm just going to relax. I have two minutes here. That's okay. So it can be conversation. It can be walking. It can be doing a bit of yoga. It's just learning to enjoy life. That's what it is. And I think we've lost the art of enjoying. One thing... I wanted to ask you about um, when I was looking through the programme of what's going on over the days. I know what you're going to ask me. 
I wanted to ask you about the death. Everybody wants to know about the death. I want to know about this because the description on uh, the the schedule, the running order of what's on on the day, says uh, the death cafe where you can have a drink whilst talking about life's biggest issues in a fun, relaxed way. Yeah. But how can a topic like death? be discussed in in a fun relaxed way (laughs) everybody says look can we've had black humor for years i'll tell you what we do this idea started about 18 months ago we did it for um, a project for the trust and it and it the idea has really really grown to be honest with you we've got all sorts of groups doing that i've just finished a project where nearly 206 formers in lancaster actually did the death cafe and it was absolutely quite profound it was definitely profound and we're going to repeat it again this year so a death cafe is really really simple so what you do is you sit down with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee piece of cake it's like a Hugo moment we've got a pile of cards that we use um, actually produced by Church of England it's very good quality stuff and on these cards are questions and I say to people look, get four or five people sat around a table and say look there you go ladies and gentlemen you've got your drink you've got your piece of cake or whatever um, here's the questions turn the top one over somebody read it out and talk about it so in this case, at the festival, we're going to say to people, you might want a cup of coffee, you want a pint of beer, go buy yourself a pint of beer, mate, get a bag of peanuts or something, come and sit around this table. Here's this pile of cards, right? All I want you to do is turn the top one over and talk about it. Now, the top card might say, would you wear bright colours to a funeral? And that gets people talking. What do you think are roadside flowers and memorials? And everyone's got an opinion on that. You know, what's your most precious thing and who would you leave it to? Well, that can start many a family row, can't it? Or marry an interesting conversation. Have you seen a dead body? all these questions and people do it now it sounds odd but i'll tell you what i did one earlier this week for a gp surgery there was a couple of doctors there there were some trainee doctors there there were some other members of staff there we sat them down gave them a drink turned the cards over at one o'clock right nearly an hour later i had to shut them up they could they were still (laughs) i did nothing i did nothing i shouldn't say this now this is another secret okay don't let me out on this one but when i run a death cafe i have one definite sign of a really good quality death cafe and that is i start it and i finish it but in between i sit in a corner and read a book everybody else does the work so everyone's having hygge walking and relaxing talking about death cafe and having a laugh and a joke and in some cases people go out there and change their wills they go out there and have conversations with their families about what they're going to do for their funerals because they've got the excuse to talk about it yeah. and I sit in a corner with a cup of coffee or a pint of beer and a piece of cake and read a book so everybody wins you're very Louis, Hugo Louis, <laughs> Louis, that is Hugo mate that's, yeah. I like this that's Hugo how it works. Yeah, I that's need more Hugo in my life definitely <laughs> uh, the death cafe isn't as sort of like glum as I expected it to be it's then. fun it's fun yeah. because at the end of the day it's like taxis you're not going to avoid it death and taxis are there let's put it on the table and talk about it and have hygge yeah because I mean, you know, once you've talked about the end of life I always find people then start getting on with living a bit better mm. now I don't want to talk about death because one day I'm going to die and I'm a miserable beggar I want to talk about death and die because if stuff is in place I can forget about it and get on with life yeah, just thing. enjoy the time that you've got Excellent. on them. Yeah, That's exactly it. Uh, so the the lost art of dying, the Death Cafe, is on at the Borough, uh, Thursday, twenty first of September at seven o'clock. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, the Golden Lion on Friday, the twenty second of September. That's at right. 7 both one hour, seven till eight for both of them. So be there for seven, so you get the full hour and join in. Excellent. Uh, and where? Just remind us again, whereabouts in Lancaster? are all these things I know we touched on it earlier well uh, the Golden Lions up St Leonard's Gate near the Duke Cinema yeah. uh, the Borough is in Dalton Square mm-hmm. uh, St Thomas's Church is the top of Penny Street the Apothecary Pub is almost next door to St Thomas's Church 
uh, and then if you go into town Sun Square is um, you go through Market Square in Lancaster walk up and there's a, an A board a billboard outside pointing you to the music room just ask where the music room is lovely Georgian building two beautiful cafes there the Sunbury Cafe uh, and uh, Atkinson's Coffee Shop and the nice guy in the Sunbury uh, Cafe is giving free tea for the coppers who turn up because we've got a, a couple with a copper as part of our event there so they're doing really well like that so that's on there uh, the museum is smack bang in the middle of Lancaster in Market Square and the story is just up towards the train station but you can walk from St Thomas's to the story in about seven minutes so it's spread but compact at the same time how good is that that is a serious knowledge of Lancaster <laughs> that is a serious knowledge of <laughs> like a sat nav <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do people need tickets for the events you only need tickets for the speakers and they're free they're free the reason we've got the tickets is obviously we've got health and safety things we've got to book venues we've got to get numbers in we've got to organize all that so the tickets if you go onto the eventbrite website um, which is very easy and you look for trevor phillips for libby lane for um, Andy Knox for Dave Hyam for Elena Semino and Lancaster you'll find them there and all you do is one click you get a ticket simple as that if you can use Facebook, everything is on Facebook. There's also posters going around town in Lancaster. So if you see my telephone number there, you can always give me a ring and sort it out from there. Yeah, there's plenty of ways to keep up to date. Isn't Absolutely. There? Plenty of ways to keep up to date. And of course, it's Marvellous Radio Station. Uh, of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, Ian, you're, you're so intelligent. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, I feel good already. I don't need Hugo, I've got you, Lewis. <laughs> Be like Ian. Do more hygge. Absolutely. That's my new motto. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Ian Dewar, thank you very much uh, thank for you coming in to chat to us time. today. Yeah, uh, we'll see you down there. We'll be down at some point Excellent. and we'll, we'll get involved it. with it. Yeah, I do fancy coming to the uh, the Death Cafe now, actually. Well, yeah, we'll get we'll yeah, 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 no Definitely. Uh, Ian, thank you very much. Best of luck with Lancaster Health Festival. It's going to be a massive success as long as everybody is more hygge. Excellent. <laughs> Ian Dewar, everybody. There's Ian Dewar there. Absolutely lovely fella, Ian. Uh, great to chat to him uh, last week on the show. And uh, make sure, as I say, if you're listening to this before Thursday 21st, you get down to Lancaster Health Festival over the next three days for all of that stuff that is going on uh, that he was talking about there. Uh, because it will be great. Uh, now, moving on, because we've got to get our next guest on, because... Uh, Rushing along a bit, rushing along. I just uh, less of me waffling, more of the people that matter. That's the theory behind this week's podcast. Uh, so we're going to hear from David Chandler now, who is the man behind the postbox collection. Yes, uh, he took me on a tour of the postboxes in Bear last week, whilst also promoting his talk at Lancaster Library on Thursday, twenty-first of September, twenty seventeen. Uh, so here he is now, with me meeting him in Bear. So I've arrived in Bear this morning, just opposite Alston Drive. It's a very windy morning uh, and I've been told to just come and meet someone because I said I, I need a guest for this week's show. So it's all been set up and it's been arranged and they said meeting by this post box on Wednesday morning in Bear. So I'm just looking about, there doesn't seem to be anyone... All right. Oh no, right. Hello. Oh god. Oh uh, morning, Dave. Yes. <laughs> it's my old uh, Friday Night 3 friend, yeah, uh, David Chandler. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to this. You know, when I when they said come and meet him by a post box, I should have uh, should have guessed, shouldn't I? Well, I thought um, you know, we'd have a little post box tour this morning. What better way to spend a cold, blustery September morning than looking at 
post boxes. Well, do you know, actually, funny, funny you should say that, but I've just got to nip off. Well, so. it's all right. I'm heading that way, so as we go, I'll take... Well, do you want to start by having a little look at this one here? Right, OK. So, basically, you are the post box man around this area, is, is what it is, isn't it? I think uh, if you want to know anything about post boxes... Uh, in this area, I'm your go-to man, yeah. But we're stood by one here now, and for me, walking down the street, I would either walk right past it, or I would put a letter in it and then carry on. So what? what is, what interests you about this? Well, I mean, this particular example, which is a uh, pillar box from the reign of Elizabeth II, uh, it's not an especially interesting example, but firstly, as a piece of design, they are beautiful objects, are they not? It's made of cast iron, it's got the royal monogram on it there. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's got this fluting around the top there, that's those little sort of indentations. And yeah, they're just lovely objects. They're very familiar, but the more you look at them, the more you realise they have a history to them. And I thought what we could do is have a little wander around and I'll point out a few different ones to you as we, as we walk the streets of Bear. You see, I didn't know there was different ones. Oh, well, you're going to learn something, aren't you? So we've, we've seen here Elizabeth II pillar box. Let's go and take a look at another one. Head this way. Come on. He's not letting me get away with this. Come on. We're off. <laughs> so we've made our way around the corner and now we're going to what you describe as a different type of post box. But I'm not sure. I still don't get it. I just think they're well, all the same. Well, no, come on. Right. Look at what you can see here and describe it. What's the difference to the one you've just seen? That is attached to a like lamppost type pylon thing, isn't it? And it's smaller. Right. That's known as a lamp box because they're made to be fitted to a lamppost or, in the case of a lot of them, telegraph poles. Because at one time, the general post office, the GPO, they ran the telephones and the mail system. So they obviously own the telegraph poles. This one's still attached to a telegraph pole, uh, even though it's now operated by Royal Mail. And of course, the telegraph pole belongs to BT. Uh, but these lamp boxes are designed for areas where there's not as much post, so they're smaller. Uh, again, they're made of, of cast iron. This is another one from the reign of Elizabeth II. And you can tell that by the royal monogram on there. Yeah, You recognise the similarities to the last one you saw? Yeah. Uh, the other thing to watch out for on these, um, all post boxes really, is they often have the maker's name on them. And you can see the maker's name here. Down at the bottom. Caron yeah. Company, Stirlingshire. Caron Company was a huge foundry in Stirlingshire that made all sorts of cast iron objects. So not just post boxes. They made phone boxes. They made bridges. They made railings. All sorts of different things. And the sad thing is that a lot of these companies, in fact, all of the foundries that used to make these post boxes are now gone. All that industry has disappeared. And these are like little monuments to that part of British industrial history that's now been lost. So this is a lamp box from the reign of Elizabeth II and again it's designed for an area where there are uh, there are less requirements for post now don't take this personally but when we've spoken about post boxes before I don't know if you remember when we did the marathon broadcast and I was at Lancaster Royal Lancaster Infirmary you came in to chat about it then uh, and people said uh, who was that guy that you had on uh, that you had on last there and I said it's, it's post box Dave he's interested in post boxes and the history behind it and that and they go that's strange what do you say to people that say it's strange well, uh, yes it is of course it's strange it's strange lots of people <laughs> have strange have strange interests but um it's part of our history and it's something um i find it interesting as i say because they're iconic objects they're beautiful pieces of design but they do have a story to tell and it's also the fact that people walk past them and ignore them that i find interesting so uh, yeah i think they're i think they're rather wonderful objects have you got any more you can show me around here? Yeah, there's one not far from here, because, of course, I know 
know where they all are so I can lead you to the next one which is a short walk uh, up uh, the road here to Bear Lane so head this way let's go As you can tell Dave, Bear Lane, station and just in front of us, another post box. Indeed, well of course this box would have been put here because people often would have posted a letter on their way to catch the morning train. So it's handy to have a box near to the station and uh, if we take a look at this one you'll be able to see it's a different type to the one we saw earlier. I can't believe that there's so many different things, different features and different types all over to them and within such a small space as well. Indeed. Uh, well, you have to remember that when the postal service uh, was operated up until privatisation, you know, it was a public service, so the boxes were put for maximum convenience to the customer. Um, things don't tend to work that way these days. But this is an older box than the one we started from. Uh, it's another cast iron pillar box, and uh, you'll note that the royal cipher on it is different. This one has the letters GR. I was going to ask you, what does that stand for? Well, that's that's for King George V. So it stands for uh, G G. Is, G is George Rex, so George V, and you can tell it's George V and not George VI because it just has GR, it doesn't have any Roman numerals on it. The George VI box also has the Roman numerals VI in a different style of royal cipher. Uh, you can see the maker's name at the bottom there, nice and clear. Who's it made by? Uh, Karen Company Stirlingshire. So the same company that made that lamp box, which we've just been to, uh, and this is a much earlier box. So George V was king between 1910 and 1936. So that's the period that this was made. So it's been, you know, seeing good service ever since then and uh, still in use to this day. Uh, so the postbox collection that you run on social media, Facebook, Twitter, is sort of, you're trying to basically get a picture of every postbox in the UK, aren't you? Yeah, well, it started by accident really because I photographed a lot of boxes myself and then I put them on Facebook and people started sending me pictures from where they lived so I thought oh I wonder how many I can get and more and more people started sending them and I've now got regular contributors all over Britain who send them from their area and then people who just randomly send the odd one or two uh, and I never hear from them again and they pop up from all corners of, of Britain and also around the world because British post boxes are in different countries too just yesterday two, two boxes from Malta were sent to me because they have our boxes there uh, and you, I've got them from the Falkland Islands from the South Pole uh, from New Zealand all different places where our boxes ended up and there are in total about 115,000 boxes uh, British boxes in existence uh, and I've got so far about 11,000 of them so quite a way to go <laughs> do you think you'll ever do it uh, no, I don't. I don't think I will ever complete it. But uh, it's fun just to see where these pictures come from, you know. And and also the people there, you know, you meet all sorts of interesting people from all walks of life. Seem to be interested, you know, young and old, male, female. It's just something that captures people's interest, and uh, they love going out. It's a good. It's good exercise too, as you're finding this morning. Mm -hmm. In fact, shall we walk on to the next one? Let's do that. We've got one more to see, haven't we? We have. I'm getting fit doing this. So a bit of a longer walk this time, but this one, I've noticed already, is bigger. It is. Um, in fact, there are, uh, with pillar boxes, there are a couple of 
different type, different sized ones. Um, they're known as Type A and Type B, and a Type A box is larger than a Type B. And I can actually demonstrate, if you want, how you tell a Type A from a Type B. Do you want me to demonstrate to you? Go on then. In fact, I think you should do this. Right, okay. What you need to do, stand close to the box and put your arms around it. Oh, are you joking? Hug it. No, go on. Is this just some kind no, of... No, honest to... I swear to you, this is what you do. Right, your arms don't touch, okay? No. That's a type A box. Right. If your arms touch, it's a type B. The one we just came from at Bear Lane Station, as you'll have noticed, was a slimmer box, so that's a type B. This is a type A. That was blatantly just to make me hug the, no, the post box, I swear, wasn't it? That's that's a genuine post box thing. Um, this one is actually a rather fine example of a Victorian post box. This is the oldest box in Morecambe, and if you look at the front of it, um, as I've been telling you, uh, the other ones we looked at, they each have a royal crest on. And what do you notice about this one? It doesn't. It's completely plain. Now, the reason for this is this box was made between 1879 and 1887, and during that period, handy sides of Derby, who cast these boxes, they omitted the royal cipher from them. Because of that, they're known as an anonymous box, and they were only made during that period, 1879 to 1887. Uh, It's also got on the top the remains of the sign that would have pointed towards the post office, and that bracket is all that remains of it. But this is Morecambe's oldest post box, and I think it's rather beautiful now dave the talk you're on tour yes i am i'm doing a little bit of an autumn tour um i was uh at the headway hotel in morecambe last week and uh next week on thursday the 21st of september at 7 30 i'm at lancaster library with postbox collection live and it's basically me talking all about post boxes, not just the history of them, but all sorts of fascinating facts. I'll be showing loads of pictures of unusual post boxes, some bits of original film, and, you know, just having a bit of fun, really. And it's all for the Friends of Lancaster Library to raise funds for them. Excellent, great stuff. Uh, where can people get tickets? Do people need to book in advance? Uh, you don't have to book in advance. You can get a ticket in advance from Lancaster Library. It costs £5 and all of that money goes to the Friends of the Library. Or just turn up on the night, come and join us and enjoy uh, some fun with me chatting about post boxes. Excellent. Dave, one thing that people uh, don't say about my show ever is that it's educational. But you've made it an education today. I love it. Well, uh, you know, hopefully, just on this very brief tour in Bear, which is, you know, not a most remarkable place in, in Britain. You've seen a variety of different post boxes spanning, you know, 100 years of history. And this one we stood by, which is, is one of my favourites, uh, is a beautiful Victorian relic. And as the, as the lady said there, they, we would miss them when they were gone. Perfect. Dave, thank you very much. You're welcome, thank you. The lovely David Chandler, of course, a good friend of mine and former co-host. Me and Dave have done radio together uh, over the past sort of 12, 18 months. Uh, So good, good friend. And uh, I've always sort of ribbed him a bit on and off air when we've done radio together about this postbox sort of habit that he has but when you actually go out uh, like you heard in there and we went out and we looked around the post boxes he points things out and all of a sudden this this random object on the side of the street that you see in everyday life becomes interesting i don't know how he manages to do it uh, but the talks he does uh, have a great reviews i've heard good things i've never, never actually been 
Uh, but people that have been, that I know, have said that they're fantastic and very informative and it's a great evening. So uh, make sure you get down to Lancaster Library Thursday, 21st of September 2017 uh, or you follow uh, Postbox Collection on social media and all the other tour dates and that sort of thing will be going on there. Lovely. Uh, that brings to a close this week's podcast, episode three. It's over already, uh, sorry to say. Don't forget, though, uh, that the Lewis Nolan Show on Bay Trust Radio is live every Sunday from 11am. All you've got to do to listen in is go to baytrustradio.org.uk or download the free Bay Trust Radio app. That's the easiest way because then you just have to push one button, opens the app, and you're listening live. It's perfect. Uh, the podcast is available exactly how you're listening to it now every week with all the best of the guests and some funny bits from the show sometimes as well. And don't forget that you can catch up on the previous show for seven days on the Baytrust Radio website. If you go to baytrustradio.org.uk, uh, click Presenters, click Lewis Nolan, and all four hours are available to catch up on there, so make sure you check that out too. So that's the Lewis Nolan Show on Baytrust Radio live every Sunday from 11am. That's the end of this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Sunday. ta